Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm Dave Meltzer here with Dave Marino and Mike Momola and our incredible guest up late in India, early here, I believe, uh, the founder and CEO of Vadam, uh, the unique product uh, of over 80 years in the tea industry. And uh, although you've been doing this a long time, you've had your eureka moment. And I was hoping that you could kind of discuss uh, that revelation that came about after the overnight success of 80 years. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, first of all, uh, thanks, David, for having me on on the show. Excited to be here. And it's not that too late in India. We're used to uh, working uh, till late hours. So, you know, glad, glad you could uh, accommodate us. Um, David, so I started Vadam India, you know, uh, uh, with the simple vision of taking India's finest teas, spices, superfoods to the world under a proud, homegrown, sustainable brand. Yes, my family has been uh, in tea for the last four generations, but uh, it was definitely more passion than profits. Uh, but definitely everything I've learned about the business, the problems in the industry um, and, you know, what, what we could have done or we should be doing to solve for them definitely stems from, uh, stems from my background, uh, uh, my family background. And yeah, and I think in, uh, after spending two, three years in my family business, uh, you know, I, I realized that this is an incredible opportunity to take India to the world, make available India's finest teas to consumers like you across the U.S. and, and start this uh, journey. Well, uh, that's really, really interesting. Dave, are you going to say something? I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I can relate to is I don't have four generations in, but I'm second generation in, in the legal field. My mom is an attorney, uh, and I'm now an, also an attorney. And I think back to my childhood and the first lessons I learned in the law being probably at five or six years old when I was trying to advocate for why I should stay at the park longer uh, versus not not staying at the park longer. So I'm just curious in your space, being four generations in, what was the first lesson you learned about the tea business? And is it something that still applies today? Oh, no, absolutely. That's that's uh, very interesting, David. Honestly, a uh, bunch of learnings. But, um, you know, I think one of the core things, you know, when you come out from a background like this, right, 80 years of hard work, uh, you know, making available uh, this magical product to consumers, you know, I think the one thing I learned was, uh, uh, which is one of the biggest pillars of, you know, why we have grown and, you know, why we are doing well, uh, is, is making available an exceptional quality product, right? I think uh, it might sound cliched, but, you know, I've seen my father uh, spend years, you know, trying to promote Indian tea. Uh, and even though they did not get the scale they wanted, but uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, the focus on making available an absolutely amazing product uh, you know, I, I saw that uh, in him every day, right? And and I, I tell this to everyone now when I started researching the industry, uh, you know, uh, tea is a magical product and, you know, these farmers here in India who make this um, are, are, are artists, right? I mean, it's there's a lot of art in making a product like tea, uh, more than any science you can imagine. Um, so, you know, very quickly I realized, you know, my early childhood memories have been in the tea estates, staying at the at the manager's bungalow with my family, and, you know, when you taste a tea in the garden, you'll actually realize that it's very different from what's available in the world. Right. Mm. Um, and that's when I told myself, can I can I think of tea uh, as, as a product which is perishable? Right. It might even though tea never goes bad, the expiry could be three years, two years. Uh, but we said, can we think of tea as a perishable product? Right. And then design our supply chain, cut out all middlemen, 
make it available direct to consumers sitting in say new york london tokyo and if we could do that probably you know we could make a percentage of that aura you actually taste in the gardens to a consumer uh, sitting all over the world right so that's that's broadly what i the first thing i learned and you know for, we we trying to stay true to that vision even today Paul, that's fantastic. And, you know, this, just to build on that, so you, you clearly have the, the superior product in this industry in the world. And congratulations for that. That's been the, the product of a lot of hard work through the generations of your family. But one of the things that I like to know about is, you know, what makes any company successful, it's not just having a great product, but it's being able to deliver it to the consumer. It's being able to get it to your consumer's doorstep in an effective, efficient manner. And so processes and systems are what really keep companies at the top of, of you know, being the leader in the industry. What are you doing with the radical supply chain that you use, technology and other things to keep you at the pinnacle? Absolutely. You know, that's a great question, Mike. Uh, I think, uh, you know, very early on uh, when I was uh, thinking of starting this, uh, you know, a lot of people very close to me, advisors who, of course, thought well of me, actually said it's not possible, right? We have not seen many uh, or, or many, uh, many Indian brands going global, selling to mainstream consumers in markets like US and Europe. And we have been, you know, we Indians have been like generally poor at uh, uh, taking our great products to as a brand to consumers, right? So that was the challenge even I had. Uh, you know, but I think what I very early on saw was, you know, the internet, uh, e-commerce, digital is not only democratizing consumer brand building. Of course, you know, you today you see this big consumerism, uh, big, big influx of consumerism across markets like U.S. Now, even in India, it's massive, right? So many brands coming out in categories. But what I saw was that, you know, this is also a once in a lifetime opportunity or a shift towards democratization of building global brands. Right. Because if you really think about it, uh, you know, even if I would have started Vadam, say, in 2005, the only way for me to sell a product in the U.S. was, you know, to come down to the United States, you know, uh, set up a small office here, make four or five products, go to the nearest retailer, somehow convince the buyer to take my product. And, you know, that there are high chances it wouldn't have done well. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, fast forward to, say, a 2015 you know, where, where I said, because with the internet, you know, uh, with a very low budget, you know, I could make available a product sitting out of India to consumers in the US using platforms like Shopify, Amazon, you know, this digital infrastructure, uh, delivery infrastructure backed by FedEx, DHL, and so on and so forth, right? And, and also build a model or a playbook rather, which is also scalable in other markets, right? Because if you again go back and see how traditional distribution works. You know, in India, how offline distribution works is very different. Uh, trust me when I say that versus, you know, how it works in the US, right? Uh, so, uh, but, but, uh, but if you look at the internet infrastructure, right? Facebook, TikTok, uh, Google, Shopify, they're all common. You know, you go to the US, you go to Japan, you go to Europe, there are chances people are using that, right? So I think that is honestly the first thought which told us that this is possible. We can build a global brand out of India, right? Uh, and of course, we decided to invest in our, uh, and more than money, right? We didn't have any that time. So more than money, we, we decided to invest our resources, our time on building a, a supply chain, which can make available, you know, fresh ticket to consumers across the world. And, you know, we are glad to uh, have actually, you know, uh, uh, still, still very early days, but glad to have actually delivered uh, on that. And even today, right, you know, a tea which is made as soon as, you know, 15 days back, we are make, making it available to consumers in the US and Europe. 
so that's 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 what what it has been for us supply chain wise. Um, Bala, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, the first thing is sequencing. Uh, you know, I've been in India for about 20 years, and uh, a lot of your aspiration uh, was discussed 20 years ago. Um, but there's so many sequencing technologies and evolutions that exist in what you're talking about. But the most interesting thing that, that I see from being in India for so long is that the mindset, what made you successful, because there's multiple uh, companies, as you know, India is so large, that have been around for 100, 500, 1,000 years that have best of breed products. And that's the reason why you're successful. Uh, because in the end, you can understand supply chain, middlemen, shipping, Shopify, Amazon, all, all of those things are learned by many young people uh, in India. But you have to have the premium content or the premium product uh, for it to work. Uh, but beyond that, what I think a lot of people need to understand is the traditional mindset that makes you successful. Because you talked about the resistance uh, when people told you it couldn't be done. Uh, they told me it couldn't be done 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and it, and it could be done, but the sequencing had to be in place, meaning there's certain deliverables that needed to be in place in order to effectuate. How are you able to transcend the mindset, the traditional mindset, that it can't be done? Because what I see, your bigger business model, uh, is to take your ability to create that vision uh, to the top 10 historical products in India and show them how they can become global brands because you know your value of being able to extend and expand and amplify your incredible content to other people's content is a bigger business model than selling tea around the world. No, absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, uh, honestly, uh, uh, we are, uh, you know, when, when when we started off also, right, I think, um, and I'll take, honestly, take a step back, uh, but uh, I think we always had the talent uh, as a country. Uh, you know, we always had the product, right? India is one of the largest producers of tea, 25% of the world's production. You talk about spices like turmeric, which is like this massive, uh, uh, massive product category in the US. I won't call it a trend because we've been having it for 5,000 years here in India. So uh, I would I would rather say that, you know, uh, the West is embracing the benefits of products like turmeric, ashwagandha now. 80% uh, of the world's turmeric is made in India, so on and so forth, right? Like you said, I think, uh, you know, we have an incredible legacy of, uh, 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 you know, supporting businesses as a country. And I think uh, internet has given uh, India the platform to actually take it to the world under uh, under a self-created homegrown label, right? So that's, that's honestly, um, uh, you know, how I take it. Uh, you know, we've finally gotten the platform where we can take it to the world uh, and, and take it, you know, uh, take it with, with a much better product, a much better positioning. You know, I'll also talk about the, you know, the, the sustainability angle here, right? I mean, I don't know if you're just for your viewers to know, but he is actually one of the largest employers of labor in India. And India, as we all know, is the second most populated country in the world. So this is a massive industry we are talking about, right? And and uh, you add products like spices and you know herbs and and so many other things India has to offer. This could potentially be one of the largest employers of organized labor in the world. Uh, and due to the uh, you know and we, and we talk about direct trade and fair trade and 
ethical trade in, in the consumer brand CPG industry, right? Uh, you know, India has been suffering because there's been no value addition, right? All these teas have been historically exported uh, at single digit margins uh, to, to different brands, different com companies across the world who would then sell it. Uh, of course, they have done their bit to giving it back, but true, uh, a true empowering of this industry can only happen through sustainable commerce, right? When, you know, when you retain value, that's, that's the basic fundamental of direct trade, that when you buy it direct, you know, there is, there is value addition happening at source, right? And that's one of the most powerful things, uh, you know, outside of profits and revenue and all of that, which drives us at Madam India, um, you know, to, to, to take this to the next level as a brand, right? We are, we are, uh, we are a 25 million revenue run rate brand. We want to, we have much higher aspirations, which you just mentioned because of this big vision that if we can actually take this to the world, we can actually empower all these farmers you know, make their wages better, make them, you know, and it's, it's, it's a macro impact. It takes time, right? We're doing a bunch of things on a micro level, but, you know, things like these take some time to happen. Uh, and, and, and we believe, you know, if we start off, you know, there will be a bunch of entrepreneurs who come and it's already happening, right? Uh, in India, who would then ultimately empower this big, big industry. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and because of that, of course, you know, uh, our vision is now to, you know, uh, to move uh, ahead of just tea, but but take spices. You know there is so much uh, India has to offer, like Ayurveda, right? And take it take it to the world under under the Bhadam label, right? And last year, as planned, you know when we started in 2015, that's why I didn't put teas in the brand name. As planned, we repositioned ourselves from Bhadam Teas to Bhadam India last year, and and are now uh, moving towards uh, uh, towards towards that that dream, if I could put it like that. That's amazing. Well, we uh, certainly uh, appreciate your innovation when it comes to supply chain because it's going to be not only the future for India, but for the world to have access to what I've seen in India are extraordinary quality products and content. And it seems as if we're finally getting the end-to-end -end, end -end solution and the people who create the products and solutions are the ones who are now finally directly getting paid, which only sustains uh, a country in great need uh, to raise the middle class or the lower class. And these are the type of initiatives that create a common medium of uh, revenue and income that changes the entire face of a country. And if the largest country in the world changes its face of revenue and income, the entire world changes as a collective. So, uh, you know, we talk, we didn't get to talk about the education program and, and what you're doing to give back as well. Uh, but that, again, comes from the more abundance that's created, the more you can give through and appreciate it for others. And uh, already uh, the education resource in India is probably the most valuable resource, uh, at least in America, uh, that we would, you know, as much as you're utilizing a lot of American technologies, it was built by the educated uh, and work ethic of India. Uh, as, and that's why I was there 20 years ago. It's extraordinary. So there's a great flow that's created between India and the rest of the world. And I just want to give you uh, congratulations and appreciation. Uh, so continue to do what you do, help more companies do what you do, and come back and visit us as well. I will. Thanks. Uh, Thank you so much, David, for having me. Thanks, Bala. Right, now you can go to sleep, Bala, okay? <laughs> Take care. Thank <laughs> Bye -bye. you. <laughs> These guys are amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's fun for me because a lot of times you could see what would happen if we had, you know, it's like uh, 1999. 
when I told people, you know, you'd be able to talk to China in full duplex with color phones for free uh, in from America in video. And people looked at me like, oh, you know, the tra traditional, like they, they just couldn't see it. I think it's the same way that when Mike Mamola talks about NFTs, you know, people look at it <laughs> like, and, and I, and that's why yeah. I'm open minded and open hearted because although the specifics change, right? I, you know, because all I saw is initially with NFTs till Mike educated me was the collectible side. And it didn't make sense how that could be such, because it's just another collectible, you know, the same as, Right. football being signed uh, but when you understand the commerce side of it uh, as other people have on the commerce side the world commerce side of nfts or blockchain or other technologies that you know i'm i'm middle-aged you know the older people just poo-poo it even worse with closed minds and closed hearts so i think you know we'll get to the lessons and takeaways of the day but i'm leaning towards one really big lessons about open-minded and open-heartedness uh, when it comes to uh, changing the world uh, through commerce. Um, all right. Well, we are ready to rock and roll with our next guest. It's a tech entrepreneur and movie producer. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, <laughs> uh, somehow I backed into both of those uh, <laughs> from my law degree. Uh, I don't know why Matt's not bringing him in, but he could do, maybe, maybe paying comment. He's like, I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. anymore. Uh, you Hi, everyone. <laughs> Andrea, how are you? I, I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. I'm in Roma. He's a tech entrepreneur uh, and movie producer, and uh, he has an incredible Tata 2 app. We've spoken before. Uh, yes. It's a small uh, little company uh, as you have grown. <laughs> $575 million ICO. Uh, welcome to Office Hours, my friend. Thank you, David. Thank you to, to, to have me again. And uh, Hi, Mike, and I, the other David. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you've done so many huge film projects with the biggest stars in the world. Why have you decided to create an app? You know, because I think um, in, uh, in, um, in the world is needed uh, these new rights which uh, we invented, which I called uh, Reward Advertising Video on Demand, because I believe that... Um, uh, uh, in the when you work with an app, when you work with data and and, and uh, the streaming service, you base your revenue on advertising. In the end, you cannot sell any advertising if you don't have their their a viewer also, not just the platform and uh, and the content. So I believe in a world where the viewer should get also a piece of the creation of the value. So uh, the idea of the, the two basically start from there, from the fact that does not exist a platform which, which share also with the viewer the creation of the value. So this is the, the motivation why I started to do. But then I realized that is not enough. So I realized this reward concept connected with your data should be expanded as much as you can in many other different basic area. So this is the motivation why in the same map, we also added many other components, like a social media component, a for call, a video call component, an e-commerce, uh, an auction. So, and in the end, we created an environment which I call, is not really technically okay, call it, but I, I invented the, the, the way to call it. So I, I, I call it the first sharing economy of data. So where thanks for your data, if, thanks for your time, finally you can earn something. 
by not being necessarily the protagonist of that action and the lead of that action, but also just a passive person who just watch. So and uh, and um, uh, and then con- connected with this uh, concept of getting reward for data time, we also um, because we reward them with a. a, a, a Andrea, we're losing you. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Can we got you, you back. We got you now. Sorry about that. You know, Roma is beautiful, but internet is very bad. I don't know. Yeah, Wi Fi, whatever is. You got to go to Africa to the, to the Masamari. The internet is perfect out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry about that. So, the, 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 so connect, because we reward people in TT. Uh, oh, shoot. We got the. I think uh, we lose him again. Sorry about that. Oh, there we go. There we are. Well, you know, sorry about that. You're a tech company. You you know you. No matter how good the tech is, you got to have connectivity. <laughs> yeah. We can't hear you. Andrea, you might be unmute. Unmute, mute, Andrea. Mute. Sorry, guy. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. So the 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 basically I was saying. Because we reward people in, in a currency called T2 coin, and if you don't give the, a coin to a spendability, basically there is no worth the reward which we give to them. So this is the motivation why we are creating also what I call a circular economy around our coin. So basically a possibility to spend actually this coin in many different ways. One is an auction where you can beat and win, I don't know, a new car, a new iPhone, a new scooter or, or something if you are like and if you beat. And the, another way is an e-commerce where you can spend uh, this currency to buy product. And, uh, and basically another one is the redeem nearby you. So you can go to actual physical store to basically earn, uh, so spend these points. So this is what we are doing. And um, uh, and I think in a, in the world where we are, I think is uh, needed yeah. because you have again uh, platform like uh, many other platforms which they are based on a different type of uh, business model. But all the free platforms they give you a free service, but they they don't give you anything. But now people are aware that they are part of the creation of the value. I call social media user free worker because actually they work for, for the social media because they help the social media platform to create value. So they work for free. Yeah, well, you know, you know what they say is if uh, you're on a platform for free, you're the product. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. There's no secret. Yeah. yeah, I think you taught me that. Uh, go ahead, Davey. No, Andre, that, that, that's, that's so true. And we live in a, a data-driven age, and uh, it makes a lot of sense what you're doing with Tata 2 to me. I want to just take a second because I, I know we you're Italian have accent, Dave. Say it <laughs> all the time. So I, love, I love your Italian accent. Say it again. <laughs> Tata too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I know that you started your, your your journey as a as a film producer, you know, back, 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 way back in the day. And um, you know, you you, you went door to door at fifteen to get the first film funded. And I, I think it's important for you to highlight that you've had all the success both as a tech entrepreneur you know you have the world's third largest ico at 575 million you've produced films with all these huge superstars and and dave talks about this a lot you know you are the overnight success but you've been at this for a long long time 
Talk to us a little bit about the journey and, and what are some of the takeaways of the journey that you would give to young entrepreneurs in terms of telling them how to stay the course? Because you have to be, A, incredibly dedicated and B, incredibly patient to have this level of success. And a lot, I think a lot of folks jump off the ship a little too early. You know, I, I think uh, there is not a, 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 a way to be successful. There is not a book which can tell you, oh, if you do this, you are for sure successful or not. I think what really matters in life is to to go ahead, and uh, and um, and uh, you know, in uh, in the end, what people see is only the end result, no? And they yeah. they don't see all the process which you are going through. But in all that process, you fell so many times, and uh, or, or you can fail so 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 many times. So in the end, I, I really think that uh, in order to be in order to be successful you need to to you need to 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 basically be be able to move forward more and more and also when someone does not go exactly in the direction which you thought to basically be ready to find a solution the ico for example was a very successful things but then i realized i had to convert the ico in, a, in an ipo and this is exactly what uh, i'm doing now because i realized by doing a very su- su- successful ico it be the, the number three in the world i thought okay that is the solution for this product then actually i realized the cryptocurrency component connected with uh, this product was actually not the right things to do so then i converted the ico in in, in an ipo and now and now in fact i'm doing an ipo for to with the largest european bank called bnp and and it's going very well so the point is uh, Whatever you do in life, I think uh, you have a vision, and uh, and but maybe the the way to to get to the end is not the exactly way which you thought was the right one, and maybe you need to change that vision. Maybe you you you, you find a wall there, but you need to be able to don't don't stop there and say, okay, now how I, I can go over it, you know, and and then you need to work. So you you should never let anything to put you down, and then of course if you work hard, and, and you never stop. Oh. Andrea, I, I don't know if you can hear us, but I think, yeah. We, so sorry, we, guy. So sorry. Here you go. Know. I will not do interview anymore from Roma <laughs> because <laughs> I'm with a Wi-Fi. I don't know what is happening. I'm you're so, worth, so you're worth it, even, even with you yeah. a couple times. Abs- you're, you're absolutely. Sorry about that. Andrea, I, I love so, what you just said. And, and to build on that, if we could, in, in that journey to success, starting at 15 years old, going door to door to raise the money for your first film, up to and through taking companies public, there are some some trips and bumps and bruises along the way, and, and you learn what you need to do and what you don't need to do. But one of the things I think a lot of successful people recognize is the importance of team building along the way. It takes a different skill set, right, to raise from uh, friends and family to Series A, B, and C to go public. What's your opinion on the importance of team building and how that affects your success and others? Team is a key component. Without a team, you don't go nowhere. When you have an amazing idea, you need to have then the execution. And the execution is done by a team. A beautiful idea, no execution, is not worth anything. Beautiful idea with amazing execution is worth uh, infinity. And the execution can only be done with an amazing team. Team is a key component. It's a key component. And team building is a key component. Yeah, no, no doubt. And through that, you have grown immensely from you know a solopreneur at 15 into an entirely huge organization. What's the biggest challenge as you grew and scale your business to keep a cohesive team? 
You know, I think the biggest challenge, specifically when you have a public company, and I already have uh, another public company, which, thanks God, is still the largest one in my country, in my business, uh, is to grow every year. <laughs> so, because you, you cannot... You know one year where you go down. You need to grow. You need to grow every year. So the biggest challenge is to grow every year to keep growing. Yeah. Because if you don't keep growing, then you are not successful anymore. You were successful yesterday, but not tomorrow. So the biggest so you, challenge is actually is actually keep growing. No, keep no. The are you, uh, you going to build your own rocket and fly to space? That's what I was just going to ask him. No, yeah. I'm not. He's doing I'm, Space I, I, Eleven, right? Yeah, but no, you know, uh, we, we are not working the transportation in space. We are working on the entertainment space because the transportation, we have such amazing company outside of, the, outside of the, doing that. We are not in the transportation. We are in the entertainment part of that. So we are building the first Liga in space, the first sport Liga in space, and, uh, and, um, and uh, all the innovation, technology innovation connected with uh, basically the entertainment space. So um, we do the first office hours in space. You know, you know, I cannot say something, but uh, for sh- soon you you will hear uh, that a deal which we signed it with someone. We are building something very special in space, but okay, I, I cannot say. Don't, don't forget us three. Don't yeah. forget us three. We, okay. <laughs> hopefully the internet will be better. We'll go together. Yeah, we'll go together. <laughs> hopefully, the, hopefully the internet will be better in space than it is in Rome. So, uh, but <laughs> Roma is so beautiful. Now, internet is not amazing, but Roma is beautiful. <laughs> space <laughs> is beautiful, but the internet's better up there. Okay, because you're closer yeah. to the satellite. You're closer to the satellite. There's no interference. Exactly. 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 Uh, okay. Where? Thank you. Eh? Where could be? Thank you. Ciao, Bala. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for, for the time. Thank you for, for the the interview. I really appreciate. It. Thank you very much, guys. Thank ciao. you. Ciao. 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 Oh, you, got Unmute. you and Andrea are super. Don't say ciao, Bella. That's to a woman. Say ciao, bello. No, ciao, bello. There you ciao go. Bello. Wow. There he is. Matt, Matt's coming up next. So we kind of say ciao, bello. There he is. The incredible Matt Chambers, CEO and co-founder of Curtis Motorcycle. And this is right up Mikey's alley. Uh, of course, the all new electric motorcycle. You knew Love it was it. coming. You knew it was coming. The only difference is it can go a lot farther than a car. Uh, <laughs> um, so Matt, how did you, uh, get into, uh, this evolution, uh, with, you know, obviously the motorcycle industry being a huge part of American heritage, uh, and branding, you know, coming from my perspective, uh, to take away the loud, you know, muscle head vibrating motorcycle and turn it into, uh, the Curtis one. Well, it, it started about. I guess about nine years ago, I brought in uh, uh, a design a design director, Pierre Tablanche, and we were working on the capstone bike for ICE, and and he and I began discussing the potential of an electric future for the, for the for motoring, and uh, it made a lot of sense. And about seven years ago. I brought in a young designer, Jordan Cornell, and we co-founded this idea built around Curtis, which would be a, a true American innovation legacy brand, uh, pulling from the great inspiration of Glenn Hammond Curtis, who we believe was the the greatest of all uh, uh, motorcycle innovators. And and we've always been we've always thought of ourselves as kind of an advanced design house, so it, it fits and. 
the Curtis One is really kind of an extension of what we've always done. It's a very, very much a true luxury motoring experience at the very highest level. And the people that are buying the bike are customers that we're used to dealing with, and it's it's a very it's a it's very comfortable for us where we are. And I, I'll get back to this later, but the experience of riding the bike is is quite special. It's 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 frankly better. It's just a better it's a better machine. Matt, that's that's really interesting. I can tell that there's been an emphasis on both luxury and detail and. I'm uh, not a motorcycle rider, but looking at the website, tall, and, they don't make them tall enough for you. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe we could we could talk about that, Matt. I can help design a tall man's motorcycle. But <laughs> <laughs> we can do this. I love uh, just to quote right next to the most interesting looking bike I've ever seen. The Oscar Wilde quote, art is the most intense form of individualization. And I, I think about the way you guys are positioning yourselves in a market that's been historically one that is 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 loud and it's rigid and rugged and uh, uh you know going into the electric space where it's so quiet um what's been the biggest difficulty there are you are you going after the same target audience the same same type of riders are you trying to bring new riders in to be motorcycle users with the use of a more quiet and sleek machine versus the more traditional loud ones that we, we're so accustomed to seeing well, David, you'd be the target audience. We can uh, we can make a bike. Our bike has is the first motorcycle among other firsts that has a fully adjustable suspension, and it can the bike can actually be longer or shorter, taller wow. or shorter in height. So we we can we can set you up, and you are the target audience. We want to bring people in that never thought they would own a motorcycle. It's very very easy and effortless and much safer to use. It's accessible anytime. It's very important to understand that I, I rode the bike at 10.23 p.m. the night before my birthday. This year was my first ride on a bike, and it came out of our New Orleans studio at about 10.30 p.m., and everyone in the neighborhood came out to celebrate. If, if it had been one of our earlier bikes that was loud and shaking and <laughs> Everyone would have they would have called them. They would have they would have called law enforcement. So uh, so it, the, the fact is, you could take it out at six in the morning. You could take it out at midnight at night. You can pick your spots to kind of illuminate your life, uh, clarify what's going on in your life with a brief 40, 50 minute excursion on your Curtis. So that's kind of the vision of the brand. And we feel like that we'll be expanding to a lot more buyers. We feel the LEV space will grow to be much bigger than the IC space ever was. Matt, I love it. I love it. I'm in. Can can you give me some specs in terms of charging, distance, speed, all of that stuff? Not that I need any more, but I'd love to hear it. Well, we're going to, the bike will deliver approximately 70 highway miles and about 120 in town. But, the, the first bikes we're selling, we're selling with two battery upgrades. So the idea, one of the great, sorry, I have an allergy here. One of the great uh, uh, benchmarks, uh, uh, milestone hits for, for our team was that we possibly could make a motorcycle that would last forever. The, the only real moving part with this friction is the shaft itself. And that locates the whole motorcycle, which is a locates the leg of the motorcycle to the core of the motorcycle, which is a new uh, uh, patent that we've got on 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 the Curtis One that will be the foundation of all future Curtis motorcycles. So the, the so the effect is, 
and we also have this cooling system that makes it run very cool. So the idea is that 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 we'll be able to upgrade your battery and upgrade and update your your software. And in 20 or 30 years, 50 years, 100 years, the bike will actually be better. So you buy the bike, you keep it. It's just one bike. This is a new form of sustainability as well, because you don't it, there's nothing that would ever be obsolete about the motorcycle this is very overbuilt and meant to be entirely uh, that to have a, a core that is entirely fatigue resistant. Matt, in addition to what you said about all of the, the technology that you're utilizing, that's ex- <clears throat> extremely exciting that the fact that it runs cool is really exciting to me. I mean, I see it. And that was been one of the biggest things that's dissuaded me throughout the years. I see guys and gals sitting on motorcycles in 90 and a hundred degrees and I know how hot it is. So that's, that's really exciting. That was one of the issues with with getting getting away from ICE is is to make power now and to meet to to meet the stringent governmental uh, reg, regulatory hurdles. It, it, they run extremely hot, and the Curtis One runs very very cool, so you can touch it. I mean, it's 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 not an issue. Now, when we get to the second battery upgrade on a bike, so if you bought a bike today and we upgraded the battery, let's say in 2030, you're probably looking at 200 miles. So, so the the technology is getting better, and uh, and again on the first for the for our first customers, we're going to provide those upgrades uh, as part of a of a kind of a lanyard, a Louisiana lanyard, an extra that you get if you buy early. Well, I went to two lanes, so I knew exactly where you're going with that lanyard, and uh, spent yeah. many. Many days down there, and Dr. Eric George is one of our dear friends down there, uh, a leader in New Orleans. Uh, but more importantly, you are targeting us three, right? Three C-level executives, luxury all the way. That That's your market. I'm always curious. You know, I've worked with Indian. I've worked with Harley. I've, you know, in the marketing days with athletes and celebrities, understanding endorsement and branding and what the emotional attachment is to a motorcycle. Uh, and it is a very intimate marketing relationship uh, that people uh, consider their motorcycles part of the family, just like a dog. And I compare the frequency of the relationship very similar to the way that an executive would feel about their dog. You know, they may spend all day hammering everybody and then they come home and, you know, they baby their miniature dachshund. I see the same thing, you know, with luxury motorcycles, you know, oh, don't touch this. You know, <laughs> I'm going to go take it for a walk. Uh, what are some of the key in, intimate and emotional aspects that you're gearing for uh, with the Curtis One to sustain and even, as you said, increase that emotional attachment that C-level executives and luxury motorcycle owners have? Thank you for what you said. I completely concur. For me, the biggest challenge has been, can we make an honest Curtis? Is it an honest motorcycle? I, I, I say I completely believe that 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 the motorcycle is a person's most romantic object it is the thing they will own that is the most uh, significant the most heirloom like if if the motorcycle if 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 the curtis one resonates as authentic as an authentic curtis then then we're going to do very very well i believe it does but only only time will tell to be honest uh and, and that that's always the key uh, with with motorcycles. Harley had tremendous success in the starting in the late '80s. In a way, we want to, as as a business, we want to kind of follow their model because they grew about twenty percent a year from the late '80s for twenty years. So, 
So we have, we're going to start very small at the very tip top of the market. And then we're going to, we, the, the technology that we have and the essential planning we've done over the past seven years gives us a, what we believe is, is, is a, is a, a, a very true contextual branded portfolio of products that will come out that will suit every taste type style and pocketbook over time. So, so the dream is, is really to express other people's dreams through, through motoring on two wheels. Uh, we have this fantasy that in 30 years, most likely all four wheel devices will be on a pod and you'll have your, you'll have your Curtis and that'll be your analog use. So there won't really be a four wheeled analog relationship as everything will be on the grid and that'll make it much cooler to ride the two wheeler because everything else will be computer controlled. So you don't have to worry about someone pulling out in front of you making a mistake and, and it'll, it, it, it should be really cool based upon what I'm feeling when I ride the bike. It's, it's just, I can't emphasize enough while I agree with, with the other David, that, that the sound and that there are things that we have to adapt to, but it's, it's a better way. And, and everything happens for the right reason is kind of the first principal corner cornerstone of Curtis. And, and when you eliminate all the NVH, you just left with the, the balance, the control, the precision of the machine. It's, it's just, it really feels like you're flying when you're on the bike. Coming up a hill on a country lane, you're just like, and, and, and the bike is really smooth. So it's a bit like a magic carpet. It's, it's very, very cool. Not just cool temperature, but it also looks great. And uh, I, th- I think sometimes we forget about how important it is the way the motorcycle looks with the rider integrated on the motorcycle because people can see not just like like we could all have a cool car nobody can really tell what we look like but on your motorcycle they don't just see your motorcycle they see you on it and the way you integrate with it which is a big factor with going to the to the other david that i can i can make a bike going to wild's quote i can dimensionally create a motorcycle that's perfect in terms of geometry for you, the way you want it to look, the way you want it to feel. That's all baked into the recipe of the cake. Yeah, I think it's important uh, because with office hours, we like to teach lessons. Uh, The highest level in marketing is something called fusion marketing. It's beyond intimacy. It's when we fuse our own, it, it only happens with a few products in our entire life that it's more than loyalty. It's more than intimacy. It's called fusion. And uh, the Curtis One has that typified fusion marketing that you fuse yourself and you identify yourself with the actual product. And the way that you, uh, you know, described and illustrated how people see you with the bike, you know, it immediately sparked that thought of, you know, the fusion, the highest form of attachment to a product that creates that success of 20% growth for 20 years, like Harley's had discovered, because they have fusion uh marketing and uh i think you're onto something absolutely just from the description i think the magic carpet best described mm-hmm. what the curtis one is and uh if you could imagine the value and articulate the value of a of magic carpet i think you nailed it curtismotorcycles.com uh they are available now to order is that correct matt yes sir they are thank so you let's all go I'm, I'm going to the website today and convincing my wife uh so Better than Louisiana, we got some California uh, 
uh, stretches out here that are absolutely, I'd like to fly a magic carpet down some of these uh, PCH rows when nobody's awake. I'm, I'm an early riser, if you haven't noticed. And then we'll uh, also, I spend much time in Louisiana, so I'm going to come visit you and uh, we'll have a, maybe a, a po' boy or something together. I'd love that very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Thank Thanks, you. Matt. Awesome. Yeah. I wanted to ask him if the throttle works the same as a traditional one, too, if it's kind of like a trigger. Yeah, I would imagine like you want the same feel, right? The same feel, right? Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Very much like Tesla uh, when you're talking about upgrading the operating system and you see the evolution of technologies and how they transcend or cross over as people take different ideas and yeah. make, the, make them better. I was also surprised on, you know, the distance, um, you know, of 120 miles in the city. Uh, yeah. That sounds like so much fun. And, and look, when you're talking about luxury motorcycles, uh, you know, most people like to go for the Sunday one hour drive. So there, there's plenty, uh, plenty of gas in the engine, no pun intended to get there. All right. We got a quick question and then we're going to be on clubhouse as always 6 a.m. Pacific. We have Marshall Falk and I talking about financial literacy today on clubhouse. So if you want to join us at 6 a.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Dave Marino and Mike Momola time there in New York, Eastern time. Uh, but we have Johan Olsen. He is the founder of Soder. And uh, I'd love for you to give us a quick uh, background on our Switzerland genius that you have there and uh, maybe have a question for us three. Thanks, man. Um, well, we're based in Switzerland. I guess it's the home of... Uh, That's why you were here exactly on time, by the way. Exactly. Mm. Well, based here. I'm originally Swedish, uh, but I live here since, yeah, since 15 years, and it's a beautiful place. Quality comes first, always, which is, uh, which is great. Um, yeah, we, we decided to, uh, to start up our manufacturing here. So there is a collective of rebellious younger people who decided uh, the products in the marketplace does not cohere to our needs, and we uh, we pushed uh, natural development. Crazy enough to also produce the products ourselves. We built the factory. Don't try that. I would not advise anyone to build a factory, uh, but we managed. Uh, and uh, yeah, now we're developing and producing the natural products here, and uh, and we're very specialized and also in in soap. We're currently a soap factory. You have a question for Dave, Dave and, and Mike and I? Well, yeah. I like, I always wonder are you, are you a liquid soap or a bar soap guy? It depends on how I'm using it, right? <laughs> you do both? Yeah. <laughs> liquid in the sink, bar soap in the shower. Yeah. How about you, Mikey? You know, I actually agree 100% with Moreno. That's the same, liquid and, and bar. But I do prefer the bar overall, if I have to be honest. If I had to choose one bar. And I am exactly aligned with Mikey because I prefer bar, uh, but always use liquid in the sink because that's usually what's sitting there. And it, for, for whatever reason, too, it seems more sanitary uh, to use the liquid in the sink because so many people are, are at sinks uh, where I think you can have you know, a personal use bar uh, when, when you're in the shower. But, uh, you know, I, I, I 
enjoy a, a nice bar in the shower. I'll tell you that. <laughs> nice. We, we have them all. You have them all. What, what's the more What do you prefer, Johan? And what's more popular sales-wise? Yeah, well, I, I guess liquid soap is, is a much more practical product. This the, I guess it's the paradigm. We, we noticed that there is a lot of impracticals with bar soaps because they, they dissolve in water and in the shower and so on. Um, I prefer liquid soap, I must say. And you can do more to a liquid soap. You could add uh, active substances. You don't need to keep it solid and compact. You can, you can actually make uh, much more out of it. So I'm a, I'm a liquid soap guy. Yeah, it's, nah. it seems a lot more. It seems a lot more pragmatic and productive, sanitary. Uh, there's a lot of huge advantages to the liquid side. Doesn't clog the sink, uh, or, or or the drains. Uh, but I, I, I'm with you guys. I have an emotional attachment to you know, a, a nice <laughs> bar. What? That, that, let me ask you a quick question, then we'll let you yeah. know your takeaway for the day. What's the distinctive uh, marketing or product value? Because you know, obviously, quality is so important. Why are your your soaps and skincare so much better? Well, I guess I guess we do soap, and it sounds silly uh, in in the sense, but uh, there is almost no soap around. So, chemical development, the eighties, the synthetic soap took off. You know, you remember the double shower, fancy plastic packaging, screamy letters, and and soap basically stopped being produced. So we all mostly use synthetic detergents. So for us, it was very simple. We want to bring back the natural product, which is completely transparent. We know exactly what's in there because when you do soap, you use oils, beautiful coconut um, oils. And you, we can say from which farmer, um, we can make sure the qualities are organic. And when you buy synthetic soap, you have no idea what's in there. And the, the value chain is very far. You have a lot of allergens. We all got dry skin all of a sudden. Um, and we simply do true natural soap. Nice. Well, I, I uh, awesome. certainly am inspired, and we, everyone should go to soder.us. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we appreciate the quality, detail, and concern when it comes to such a simple GMP, a, a simple product in, in that consumer goods space. And uh, we only wish you the greatest success, which I'm sure we'll have. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, man. Thanks, Johan. Cheers. Cheers. It's amazing. I never learned so much as in office hours. Uh, simple soap lesson. I, you know, you, you use soap every day. You don't realize it's a detergent. You know, you, you sit yeah. there and say to yourself, and uh, but uh, Mike, I was going to say your skin looks beautiful. So whatever. Thank you. Doing, keep keep with it. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I'm going to try his product for sure. I, I love right. it. We, yeah. we got nine minutes till we got to jump. So real quick, takeaway for the day. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Dave. All right. I'll go first. For, for me, I'm thinking back to Vadim and uh, their their company. And two things you can do to separate yourself in any industry that has a bunch of competition is have quality product and have quality values. Right. And I think folks are either going to align with you because they have a quality quality product or your values match with theirs. And I just I just want to emphasize and stress the importance of companies be having a personality and that personality being rooted in being a good, and we look at companies as individuals in the law all the time. So having companies be good people, right? So them giving back money to the, the, the growers, children's education and being sustainable. Um, just for me, that takeaway is, is powerful and impactful. Cause I think about 
our lives and our businesses and, you know, the things that we do, we always want things to have a charitable component to it. And I think that separates us in addition to being quality at what we do is having also that value system aligned with folks and and what they like in their lives. Yeah, for me, it's uh, the reminder that you're either part of the future or you're part of the past. And as as each of these guys demonstrated Bala with the tea and then incorporating other products, not just tea and the way he's doing all of the uh, systems and implementing all the processes and Andrea going into space and building his app and then Matt with the electric motorcycle, showing us that you're part of the, the future, you're part of the past. And as Johan just reminded us, it's that's a, a mindset, right? So it's either you're forward thinking or backward thinking and the future can incorporate elements of the past, like Johan taking something that worked before all the chemicals were in soap and making it part of the future. So that's mine. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to give you an extra point because uh, you won this office hours. Uh, oh, right. You're exactly right. Every single one of those people incorporated the past to the future yeah. and some transcend the past to the future. Um, mine's in teamwork. In, you know, I've been dealing with this idea of teamwork is you know, my personal brand is growing, Office Hours brand is growing. Um, and, you know, they talk about there's no I in team, uh, but there's a me. And, That's Kobe. <laughs> yeah, Kobe. And But there's a lot of me going around. Uh, and I want to express to my team, you know, like I have been doing this analysis of, you know, what did it take to have the successful show that we had? I mean, the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, entertainers, it's not just that, they showed up. It's not just that they showed up at a specific time window on time with perfect connectivity in studio, but to do this show over 200 times with Mike Diamond, Blaine Bartlett, Mike Mamola, and Dave Marino and myself, that's great. And in the end, you know, even I have to fight the fact that, you know, me, 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 me in team. And yet, you know, I have, uh, Mike Allen, Colleen, Blaine, uh, Jakey, Bakey, Matt, uh, just here right now at 5 a.m. Uh, California time on a Friday. Uh, and beyond that, you know, the guests to arrange them for world. I mean, th- these guys are world famous guys. These are billion dollar companies. Uh, and to, to get them here, you know, I want to congratulate all of those people that I mentioned uh, as a team, because, you know, I think doing the show clarity experiences, part of my team, you know, people gave me the greatest compliment they could give me. Not that the show was amazing. Not that, you know, I'm clever or witty or stupid, whatever they want to say about me. It was how outstanding my team was. And Bala talked about the team. And, and of course, Andrea really stressed team Matt as well. Uh, you know, in the historical sense of, you know, teamwork, even from, you know, the inventor of the V-twin engine, uh, you know, you have to have and surround yourself uh, with the right team. And when you invest in yourself, you really make a better investment in your own team uh, and making sure that, you know, all of these things can happen. And so I want to thank you, Mike, you, David, Matt, Colleen, Mike Allen, Blaine, uh, uh, all who are here let alone, you know, it's a lot of effort. That's for Nick and Keaton. Of people. I don't want you to leave, leave them out. Keaton, well, all my interns, uh, you yeah. wouldn't believe. And Nick, Nick's calling the guests to make sure that they're here on time as well. I forgot Nick. 
Um, and then you got Justin who sets up everything. He, he may sleep in a, a couple of Fridays or play golf early, uh, but media wise, and then you got the advertising people uh, that promote uh, yeah. the show so that people know about it. You know, I just really want to stress the takeaway uh, for my day is team, right? And, and because yeah. I will tell you that when you're successful, which we're blessed to be, there's a lot of people coming out and saying, I did this, I did this, I want this, I want this. And you know what? I'm going to reward the team and give them my appreciation. Uh, and I'm not doing anyone a service if I reward the eyes out there. So Matt, congratulations. And the rest of my team, Jakey Bakey's in the house. Nick, all of a sudden, look on the comments. It's like, don't forget about me. I'm actually awake too, Dave. <laughs> See you there in four minutes. All right, everyone. Uh, thank Thanks, you, David. Man. Thank you, Mike. I'll see you in four minutes for Marshall Falk on Clubhouse with me talking about financial literacy. Thank you, guys. Thank All you, right, everyone. Bye, guys. Uh, we'll see you in three minutes now. Thank you so much, Matt. Team, incredible, fun, beautiful. Three minutes left. You can reach me, David, at dmelter.com. Training today is manifest what you want. That means get what you want. You got to know your what, your who, your how, your now, and, of course, applying your why but most important, everyone, I'm going to see you in three minutes. Be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Have a wonderful three minutes. Bye.